Welcome to the Cashflow Chronicles. I'm your host, Johnny Catani, and the founder of Catani Capital Group. For the last two years, I've been studying alternative assets and now help solve the problem of creating passive cash flow for creators, influencers, and busy professionals by bringing you five episodes a week of easy to understand education in the world of passive investing. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Chronicles. I'm your host, Johnny Catani, and I am joined today by Ray DeWitt. Ray specializes in syndicated passive real estate, primarily 1031 exchange options. Ray, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Glad to be here, Donald. Yeah, grateful to have you as well. Uh, Ray is also a Ray's Masters member and also lives in Utah. So uh, not too often we get that combo. And Ray and I have had lunch and had had a couple nice chats. So it's good to have you. But before we get into 1031s, and obviously we'll talk about DSTs as well, give us your background. Kind of take us back. Were you doing anything before this? How did you kind of discover all this? And what led you to where you're at now? You know, yeah, my background's in, you know, financial planning. I was your, your traditional everyday uh, stockbroker, you know, financial advisor, wealth manager, whatever. Um, it's actually my 25th year <laughs> in this uh, business. And um, I woke up one day and realized that all of my customers that actually had any money, um, it, was, it was in real estate or maybe a business. It wasn't in the stock market. Um, that's how they had made their wealth. And it also occurred to me that, most money I'd ever made was myself was also in real estate. So I kind of scratched my head and was wondering why am I selling mutual funds? You know, why am I selling annuities to people? This doesn't make much sense. And a guy knocked on my door, a sales rep one morning talking to me about 1031 exchanges and a program called the Delaware Statutory Trust. And I had no idea what it was. I thought it was kind of, you know, whatever you're wasting my time. Um, and then I ran into a guy two nights later at a party saying how he had just sold his rental property and had to pay taxes on it, and how he really wished there was a way to sell your rental property, you know, not pay taxes and, but, you know, do a 1031 exchange, but he didn't know of any way to do it. And I went, oh my gosh, this guy two days ago just came to talk to me about this product. And that was about eight years ago. And I grabbed hold of that thing and um, decided that this is what I'm going to specialize in. This is a, just a fantastic revolutionary product. And so I, I went with it and uh, things have been amazing ever since I made that decision. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. And it's obviously becoming more and more, <clears throat> excuse me, popular in the industry. So uh, let's kind of get into it. Give just the high level what a 1031 is and what it allows you to do. So um, 1031 is the section 1031 is the IRS tax code that allows for a uh, tax deferred transfer. Basically, any it's called like kind transfer. It doesn't mean condo to condo. It just means investment real estate to investment real estate. So you can sell any type of investment real estate, um, not for personal use. Um, and you can, by setting doing doing following a certain process, you can defer your capital gains tax on the sale, and it's literally by selling one property and transferring the proceeds into another. And that's a fantastic program. And then, believe it or not, one in four real estate transactions are a ten thirty one exchange. So, wow. if uh, your listeners don't know what a ten thirty one exchange is, they might want to get uh, up to speed. Call me; I'll, I'll educate you all about it. Um, anyways, um, so by this real estate, well, the, the problem people were finding was a large one was mainly with the, the baby boomers, um, older, you know, retirees. They didn't want 
to manage real estate anymore. So that was the problem is, okay, it's great. I do a 1031, but I'm really just trading one headache for another headache. You know, I'm tired of the tenants, throw us some trash. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, so I saw it. I say to them, well, hey, let me replace the terrible teas with the good teas. No more toilets, tins, and trash. Now it's tequila, travel, and tea times. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, they essentially, um, this program known as a Delaware Statutory Trust, it's like a REIT or a partnership. That's the actual syndication structure. It's a very special um, way of, of packaging real estate. But the IRS, in this case, unlike a REIT or a partnership, recognizes this as eligible replacement property for a section 1031 exchange. Um, and this program was basically um, created to solve this need. And it's also great for people who can't find um, replacement property, or maybe you're in your exchange and you've got a property you love, but you're not sure if it's going to go through. You know, that that sucks. I don't know if, if anybody's ever experienced that where your exchange gets blown up because your property's deal doesn't go through that you're trying to buy. And so these are great kind of fallback plans as well. Um, so in essence, the DST is high level, typically class A institutional quality real estate placed inside of a, a fund or the, the DST. And uh, you can invest in that. Usually it's a low minimum of $100,000. These are all professionally managed, 100% hands-off. You get income starting the very next month, satisfies the, the IRS requirements, and walk away and not worry about the throw those tenants and trash anymore. Um, examples of some of these properties are, I mean, you know, the funny thing is I tell most people when they do 1031 exchanges, like you're most likely when you're, if you're going to invest with me in some of these different DSTs, you're, you're most likely buying better real estate than you owned. I mean, these are brand new class A apartment complexes, Amazon distribution warehouses, portfolios of, of class A storage, um, the hotels, medical, I mean, every, every asset class you can actually think of is inside of DST. In fact, we have actually have an NFL practice facility inside of a DST right now, oh, which wow. is kind of fun. Um, and so, um, you know, it's it just very high quality, very easy to do, very easy to diversify, professionally managed. And, and you walk away once again, I keep beating that on the head, but it's passive, you know, so. So when you, and when you take it into the ten into the, excuse me, when you take the 1031 into the DST, is there any depreciation that gets passed down for the cash flow or do you kind of get those same benefits or do you waive that? But obviously you're not paying taxes on what you just sold. So, you know, how does, how does that work? You know, it, what confuses people is that because it's structured this way and it's passive, that it doesn't work like real estate, but it's real estate. The IRS, in fact, recognizes it as real estate. So you get all the same benefits of real estate. So you obviously, in 1031, you have to carry over your current appreciation schedule. Um, but one of the powerful things of a DST is you, you have the potential to get additional depreciation. Um and the tax reporting is very simplified. Instead of you sitting down and figuring out what you spend on repairs, taxes, and insurance, when you collected rent, so on and so forth, you're literally just sent a broken down, um, consolidated, you know, operating statement that you file in your Schedule E. You give it to your CPA, and away you go. There's no figuring anymore either. It's a lot easier for you and your CPA, but you do get all the same same tax benefits. 
And then oftentimes these DSD companies will do cost segregation analysis as well, um, which can help offset your income taxes or give you uh, that, you know, kind of upfront depreciation if you need it. And I'll segue into um, how you possibly get additional depreciation. And, and that is really one of the superpowers of the DST is the ability to replace debt. Um, oftentimes DSTs use, uh, or any professional investment company uses financing, right, to, to do property. I and mean, it's just standard operating procedures here. DSTs are the same thing. Well, let's say you sold your your property for $2 million. You didn't have a loan on it. And you bought into a DSD that had financing. Um, you would get all that additional depreciation from the financing, but the, the debt's not recourse. You, you actually don't have any debt. And here's where the real superpower is. is let, let's use that $2 million property example, but let's say you had a million dollar mortgage on it. Um, well, under a 1031 exchange, you sold for $2 million just because you ended up with a million in your account. The IRS still says you've got to buy $2 million worth of real estate. So two ways to do that. Write, write a check for two million bucks to the new property, or what most people do, go get a mortgage for that other million dollars. Well, in this hypothetical example with a DST, you could take your million bucks, buy into a 50% loan to value DST, and you would actually get two million dollars of real estate. Um, the IRS gives you credit for it, you get all the tax benefits of it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, and you move on. And as I said, the debt's non-recourse. It's not on your credit score. You don't have to fill out additional paperwork. You're not on the hook for any finance. So you kind of get like all the benefits of the debt with really very little of the risk of it. Very interesting. And so what are, are there any risks, downsides, anything different than, you know, a typical passive investment um, with these DSTs? Yes, for sure. Um, great question. The number one complaint I have is lack of control. You have no control. This is um, it's not a tick. There's no voting members. Um, you don't get to choose when the property is going to be sold, who the tenant is. Um, but that's sort of the point of it, isn't it? If you don't want the if you don't want the control, um, well, you know, then you don't want the responsibility either. So control comes with responsibility. And the reason most people are doing these is because they don't want the responsibility. Um, it's not like a mutual fund. You can't call up in two and a half years and say, I found something else. I want to invest the money. It's not a parking spot. It's not a mutual fund. It's real estate. Um, that's kind of a, a complaint. Also, the DSD properties tend to not be very flexible. The IRS has, has obviously set some very stringent restrictions. Um, they cannot refinance the debt, barring financial catastrophe. There's always kind of escape clauses, you know, to protect the investors. Um, you can't do a cash out refi. They can't sell the property and buy something else. Everything is sort of set in stone, which is great for the investor. But it also means that you can't do like a fix and flip. If this property had deferred maintenance, you've got to do the maintenance on the property before it can be placed into the trust. You know, there's no capital calls. So that's why we typically see new real estate. So we don't have maintenance issues. Um, simply why we see very conservative real estate. So we don't have crazy, you know, whatever risks or need capital calls or the bank comes knocking and wanting more equity in the deal. Um, so those are some of the restrictions is you're going to find yourself in very conservative real estate. That's probably not a bad thing, but if you're looking to be more aggressive, 
um, call the shots. You don't have control. This is not a product for you. Got it. Okay. Yeah, it makes perfect sense, right? But like you've mentioned a couple of times, if you're looking for that passive, right, you're done with the tenants, toilets, and trash, right? This is a really, really awesome opportunity. So what happens when the property is sold, right? Everything goes well. It goes full cycle. Another 1031 if you want. It does have to be over there. How does that work? Yeah, basically, um, once the property is sold, the trust is dissolved, um, ceases to exist, and you can do anything you want. You can take the money and pay the taxes and run. You could do another 1031 exchange, and it does not have to be into another DST. You could go out and buy a car wash if you wanted. You know, whatever you wanted to do with the money, um, you just it simply you just are in another 1031 exchange again. So, okay, so really, really easy, and then. Are you getting a K-1 each year as well? Like kind of the same thing or how does no, that all work you, once you're in a DST? They call it, it's, it's weirdly called a grantor letter. Um, but like I said, it's basically um, kind of like a consolidated operating statement or operating report and you file it under Schedule E. It's more, it's more akin to a 1099. Got it. Okay. And what are you finding in terms of, is it just lack of awareness of DSTs or what seems to be the reason that you're not seeing them as much, right? A lot of still uh, ticks happening and different other structures to bring 1031 in as opposed, as opposed to the DST. There's a lot of reasons. Um, the number, you know, number one is, you know, it's regulated, very heavily regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission under Regulation D is if anybody on this show is familiar with capital raising reg d is uh you know the rules you play by and they don't really typically allow for general solicitation uh, plus you also have to have a series 7 or series 22 securities license to be able to offer this mm. and then combine that with the fact that it's a more complicated asset to structure and manage um that's why you don't see it as much, but it is be, it's becoming more and more popular. If you're to look at a graph, the last several years are DST sales. It's going like this, and it's not it's not slowing down. Um, I, I think though a lot of the the major reasons why people haven't seen it or heard of it, it's also relatively new. Um, you know, it was invented in 2004, but you know, at the end of 2008, there was only three companies that were even like involved with the, the DST space. I know I say it, it can be a little more complicated of an asset to syndicate, but for syndicators who are interested in the DST, it's actually long-term the best way to raise capital because it per, uh, creates a perpetual and repeat capital stack. It's a fantastic program and we can I can dig into that offline um, at another time. People want to contact me directly, but... It, it, you're going to see and hear more and more of the DST over the years. Got it. Okay. And because it's a 1031, it has to go to real estate, right? Because there, there's a lot of things being put into DSTs, right? Are, are you seeing like crypto and other things like that as well? No, no. So okay. the Delaware Statutory Trust is a real estate-based program. Um, there's another DST out there call it the deferred sales trust and that's a completely different animal and sometimes people get confused when i say dst um uh, Delaware okay, that trust is a real estate product um i know there's some other structures it's used for but it's not 1031 eligible and to be honest i really don't 
know the ins and outs of why, you know, have, haven't needed the don't, haven't bothered to look into it. So, Got it. In okay. my world, the DSD is real estate. Got it. Very interesting. Okay. Deferred sales. Okay. And then the statutory. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. And obviously, right. It's got to be real estate to real estate anyway for the 1031 to be eligible. And so are these always available, right? Because obviously kind of touch on how the 1031 works for those who don't know in terms of like, you know, you have a certain amount, a certain period to get into, you know, find new property and kind of get into it, like you said, or it can kind of blow it all up. It's going to touch on that and then how available these DSTs are. Yeah, yeah. So the 1031 is they sell your property, you have 45 days to identify other properties you're going to purchase. Um, you can't touch the money. Very important in a 1031. If you take receipt of the funds, the minute it hits your checking account, it's voided. So you're paying taxes. You have to set up an account with what's known as a qualified intermediary or 1031 accommodator. Um, I'm happy to give referrals of accommodators. Your title companies usually know them or have them themselves anyways when you're closing. So funds go in the escrow account. You have 45 days to select what you're going to buy and then you do have another 135 days after that to close on the property because you know we're like most real estate you're not closing in a week you know you've got your due diligence your environmental or whatever it is you've got to do you know it's real estate's not as simple as going down and buying a car um and so that that's really the the process for that and what's really uh great about the DST is these deals are in place. This is this is real estate that's been placed in the trust is actually stabilized and operating. If there's financing, the financing done. If there's environmental report needed, that's done. If there's an inspection, an appraisal, it's all been done. Versus you're going to buy your property, Jonathan, right? You've got to do all these things to do your due diligence, the financing. It's a whole process. With the DST, it's literally like, here's this package. You want to do this. Um, I literally hear this term all the time from my clients is this, that was the easiest transaction I've ever done. <laughs> Seriously. Um, if you were to tell me today, Ray, I want to do this, uh, you would most likely be funded by Friday. Oh, wow. You know, it's that quick. And that's why they make great backup plans as well, because your deal, maybe it falls through because you're unsure about maybe there's asbestos, you don't want to pay, you know, whatever a million shit happens, reasons, right? For real estate, um, the DSC is just kind of here, put the money in. It's already, it's already up and running. Um, it's, you know, I, I think they're fantastic programs, obviously. Um but yeah, it, it, that's simple to do. And do they stay open or do they cl close? And just no, like once, once they get their equity, um, they close like any other syndication. So, um, you know, they're not raising capital. If we're raising 50 million, once we hit that 50 million mark, that that fund is our DST is no longer available to do investment. Um, and, and about the DSTs, you, you kind of asked about getting into them. So, my broker dealer, uh, Concord Investment Services, is literally the number one broker dealer in terms of sales volume in the country. We are currently at 12% of all the volume. I'm literally a top five representative of that firm. And I'm not trying to brag, but what I'm trying to say is we do this a lot and I'm an expert at it. 
and I'm also, I'm a fiduciary and um, the broker dealer, we actually have a full blown due diligence department and all they do is spend all day, every day researching these DSD sponsors, the DSD offerings. We really go in depth, especially if it's a new sponsor, we're doing background checks on the principals. We're looking at their track records. Uh, we make every company give us an independent third-party due diligence report. Um, and so we really vet and scrutinize the different offerings. Um, you know, it doesn't guarantee it's fantastic offering, but what we are doing is trying to protect our clients from sort of the, the, the bad guys out there because they're out there. Um, and we just want to uh, offer something we know where the company stands by its word, returns capital to investors, and is honest. Um, and then I literally, when I work with um, somebody, I just, I literally show them a manual like at a restaurant. I was like, here's the list. Let's talk about what you like, what you don't like. You don't want to invest in Florida. I'm not going to try to tell you why South Florida is a great market. You know, I'm not going to tell you storage is great if you don't like storage. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm just going to help you sleep at night, show you the options. And you know that we vetted these options and they at least, um, <laughs> are real and, you know, conservative. Absolutely. I love it. And so you mentioned there at the end, conservative, are there obviously, like you said, right, you can't get speculative with these DSTs, but do you have the uh, options of like, you know, one might offer more cash flow. Maybe someone cares more just about capital preservation, maybe something for growth. Are those available or is it pretty kind of cut and dry? Yeah, yes, we have everything in between, even specialized products to help with uh, highly levered debt. Um, you know, you're going to, uh, yeah, we have, we have all sorts of sorts of options. If you want something really conservative, how about an Amazon regional warehouse, you know, with a 20 year lease, I, I would say that's pretty conservative investment. I would also say you're probably not going to double your money in that investment either. You know, um, you know, we, we do, we have all sorts of offerings, literally about every, every asset class is available in the DST, including we also do uh, oil and gas royalties as well. Oh, wow. Okay. And those are available in a DST, same exact structure? Yeah, it's not really a DST, but it's a 1031 eligible option. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And is that, that's got to be pretty exclusive because you don't typically hear that, right? Um, it's not super common. Yeah. Uh, oil, you know, mineral rights are very exclusive real estate owned by the, you know, the richest families, institutions in the country. And you as an individual investor can participate, literally get deeded mineral rights. Um, they do tend to pay pretty high cash flows, but they're a little volatile, you know. Um, so it's really, I work with the customer. What's your need? Is this a, you know, we got to, we got to, if there's a debt solution, we got to address the debt so they don't end up paying taxes or what they call boot because they didn't replace the full amount of real estate. Also look at the cash flow needs, the risk tolerance. Um, I, I typically encourage people to diversify by more than one investment if you can. Um, and so I, you know, I basically just work with, with you to, Hey, let's not, first of all, let's not screw up your exchange. And then two, let's let you sleep at night. You know, let's hit your goals. Yeah, absolutely. And so can you spread one tent, one exchange around or does that have to go to one place? No, no, you can. Uh, I think the most I've ever done with one client was 10 proper, 10 DSDs on one exchange. Oh, wow. You could, you could do more if you've got the money. Um, you know, it's a hundred thousand minimum per investment. So if you had 5 million or $10 million, you know, 
Um, I don't think I have a thousand offerings. Right now. <laughs> um, I literally have 50 off over 50 offerings available right now. So you can diversify. Wow. That's awesome. I love it. Obviously very, very powerful uh, product, very powerful tool. You're obviously the expert there and uh, we appreciate all the insight. Um, we'll go ahead and wind down here and we'll jump to the final five. Uh, first question, best advice you've gotten from a mentor. Best advice I've got from a mentor. Um, believe in the invest and believe in myself. I love it. Uh, what is it about your career that makes you feel like you're fulfilling your why? What is it about my career? I um, am helping more people every day. I'm getting on great new podcasts like this every day. Um, I just picked up um, state number 27 for having clients in. Um, I'll get to wow. 50, maybe another year or two. I'll get there. Um, I And I, I love what I do. I help people. I'm, I'm solving a tax problem. I'm solving a headache. And uh, I'm oftentimes a hero for commercial brokers and CPAs uh, all the time. So... I love it. That's awesome. Uh, favorite non-real estate or investment-related book? <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> nice. Love it. Uh, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Oh, man. That's a tough one. Um, the Power of Persuasion. Nice. Love that. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, awesome. What's the best way for people to get a hold of you and learn more? Um, my phone number, if you don't mind, po if you'll post my contact info, but my cell phone's 801-815-6619. Give me a ring, email ray at bangeterfinancial.com. And um, that's the best way. Perfect. Happy to chat, happy to talk. Um, I'm, I'm an open book. I'm an educator, not a salesperson. I like to say, um, I, I'll educate you. And if it's a fit, you'll do it. If it's not a fit, you won't. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the biggest thing I've noticed with this industry, right? Is it's more about the education and letting people kind of decide. So awesome. We'll link all that in the show notes, make it super easy. Ray, thank you again. This was awesome. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you again for tuning in. Who do you know that wants more cash flow? Share this episode with them so you can grow your cash flow together. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you're subscribed on your platform of choice so you never miss a new episode. Go to KataniCapitalGroup.com to learn more.